Hello, Leanna. Hello, Ed. How you doing? How you feeling? We've both been away for a couple of weeks. We, each of us was sick. Yeah, I'm still not there. Yeah, well, I'm I'm still congested. I don't know where all the snot comes from. Like, uh, you know, a, a body has only so much moisture in it. So yeah. how can so much snot just keep coming out and out and out for days and the body not shrivel up like a California raisin? Well, you can't get dehydrated. Well, I mean, I, I, I feel like I should be playing a saxophone. Like, you know, the California raisin guy who played the saxophone? Okay, sure. Yeah, like I feel like how I really believe that scientists have not discovered that there is a portal somewhere in our head that when we get sick, it opens the, the portal to the, dimension? To, the, to the snotverse. And the snotverse. it just pours through that th from that dimension through us until eventually it, it, it closes off. Um, it's pretty disgusting. It's, it's, it's very disgusting. Yeah. Uh, were you ever a mall rat? I guess kind of. I mean, we hung out at Yorkdale a lot. What about Yorkgate Mall? Yeah, I went to Yorkgate. I mean, we didn't hang out there. We went there for the $2 curly fries. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there was, an, there was a, I mean, that was the, the convenience store where I first played Mortal Kombat was Yorkgate Mall. Jane Finch Mall, they had like the flea market on Saturdays. But right. I mean, I was in one of those neighborhoods where they gave you the stink eye and treated you like a criminal just for being a teenager. So, you know, well, that... that's what's happening now. I know in the U.S. I don't think it's happening. I haven't read anything about Canada yet. But in the U.S., malls are uh, prohibiting or restricting teenagers. I think it's 16 and under uh, from being admitted to malls after some places 3.30, some places 5.30 p.m., unless they're accompanied by somebody 18 years of age and older because they're, they're too much trouble. They're uh, reportedly, there's, there's fights that break out regularly. Kids are doing stupid things for recording TikToks. And the malls have just said, enough, we can't, we can't deal with this. So, you know, decades of teens hanging out at malls because there was you know nowhere else to to really go right. after school certainly lunchtime you know where we always went to the local uh uh mall town and country slash center point because it was you know it, it shared a border like a fence with the high school so yeah. you went there for for lunch uh i never hung around in the mall but it was a. Uh, it's. It was seen as like a. You know, basically a a safe place for teens to hang out because there weren't a lot of community centers and stuff, and right. also community centers had a stink on them. So, right. but now, like, where the hell are these kids going to go? They're, they're being. It's like when when uh, Reagan uh, uh, sent uh, the mentally ill out of the uh, the the psych hospitals in the eighties. Uh, it increased homelessness and so on. Where are these kids? gonna go now that they can't they can't be in the mall right well they'll play video games and then people complain about video games where they people don't actually want to they're in the mall because they want to hang out together yeah but they'll hang out online i mean they're i like i said when i was a teenager they they did this they limited they limited students and followed you around i mean if you're if you're a black youth 
even here, you're well used to being treated like a criminal. So this another is issue, just, but also true. Yeah, but this is just broadening the policy. And I, I saw the effect it had that teenagers started taking the the attitude of, well, if you're going to accuse me of things, I might as well at least do it because you're punishing me when I didn't do anything. Where's the incentive to behave well? Well, it turns it, it appears that these teens are actually behaving badly well, in these some are, not all of them. But enough. This is a collective that, punishment. Well, it's, it's enough that it's a problem. I mean, you really want, I mean, how many mall cops do you really want to hire? Well, I, I don't think it's a question of that. I think it's a question of finding out what the issue is. Like, is it all TikTok videos? I the, mean, the issue they, is that kids uh, have been raised by millennials and Gen X to be self-indulgent little uh, twerps um, who spend far too much time seeking out the 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 uh, fifteen seconds of fame that they think will make them immortal. Because if and I'm blaming the parents. I'm not blaming the kids. I'm blaming the parents. Uh, you know, people always say they blame the kids. The kids didn't raise themselves. And if they did, that's the parents' fault, too. OK, it, let me let me yes. give you an alternative theory of the case here. Alternative theory of the case. Yeah, alternative theory of the case. Uh, one, teenagers are it's all through the news right now. Teenagers can't make decisions. Ah, uh, they, they can't, you know, with this whole gender affirming care thing. Ah, teenagers don't know what they want. So if the if if you know the powers that be on mass are telling you you're irresponsible and can't make good choices that's some priming right there it's showing no faith in people again there's no incentive for good behavior they're saying it's not possible secondly if you look at the economic cli climate for young people right now the whole tiktok strategy starts making a lot more sense because you can go out and you can you know, murder yourself trying to get a college degree and still be working for Uber. So if you can make a bunch of money quick on TikTok, I understand why they're giving it a shot. Well, all right. That provides some underpinning for the stupidity. Um, and but when I, you, you think know, of it I, that I don't... way, it's not stupid. It might be reckless, but it's not stupid. Well, it's definitely reckless. You know, I, I don't know that any other teen generation, given the uh, environment of having a phone and being, you know, getting status for the number of people that view your video, I don't know that any other generation would have done anything any differently. Okay, let, let's face it. That's not all teenagers. That's a particular type of teenager who has been normalized by the way we respond to these things. You know, I remember we didn't hang out at the mall. We hung out at the pick, which was the pickle barrel. Right. And it was Fridays and Saturdays. That place was a teen hangout. Right. A teen, we would go to a movie and then afterwards you go to the pick and everybody, you know, there was cliques there and so on. Cliques, not clicks, American cliques. <laughs> yeah. And, we would, uh, you know, everybody knew everybody knew everybody was going to be there. It was like one of those 
those uh, Hollywood 1940s movies yeah. where there was the club and everybody knew each other, except we weren't nearly as well dressed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the eventually the the restaurant got tired of five people taking up a table and sharing one plate of French fries. Right. And so they put in a minimum per person to try to deter that. But it was a neighborhood where the kids had some had some affluence. And so they could do that. And then you'd go to there was a, a, in the, the strip mall, there was a basement pool hall where mm -hmm. you'd go to play pool afterwards. And this is before smoking was banned. So like mm -hmm. you could you could mold the air because it mm -hmm. was so thick. Yep. And I remember when The Color of Money came out, that the sequel to the Paul Newman movie, The Hustler with uh, mm -hmm. Tom Cruise uh, and all these idiot kids would come in and they bought those uh, custom pool cues that yep. came in a case and they yep. would they would open it up and carefully screw it together and chalk the end and then proceed to scratch each, right. each shot. Um, yep. But eventually uh, what happened was some kid, the kids started to get too rowdy and they broke, you know, those concrete uh, receptacles that hold garbage, garbage cans. Yeah. 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 They bust somehow they busted one of those and oh, that was shoot. the end of it. They started, they hired security so the kids didn't loiter. They got rid of them and that was the end of it. Um, so this reminds me somewhat uh, of that, but it's just interesting that, I mean, you think that malls want people because malls in the U.S. are dying. Okay, but, but they don't let, want them if they're going to be twerps. I mean, let's face it. We're looking at teenage behavior separate from adult behavior with this stuff going on with Bud Light and Target and people thinking that it's a, you know, an acceptable way of showing you're mad at a brand's advertising or messaging going in and you know bomb threats and menacing staff and destroying property and target caved like there there is just no incentive to behave well anymore there there is no consequence you get not not no consequence you get rewarded for behaving badly nowadays why would anybody behave well it doesn't make any sense well you don't necessarily always get rewarded because you see these videos of male and female Karens, and when they get distributed, very often these people wind up losing their jobs. Yeah, but I actually read a uh, a paper this week that the reason bullying is so out of control uh, for teenagers and and adults is because it works. First of all, I don't. Sorry to interrupt. I don't like the term bullying. Well, because I don't for, either. For years, bullying was, you know, uh, Bugs Meany, whoever the hell he was at the Encyclopedia Brown. He was just a kid who was a bit of a, a jerk and pushed you around a little bit. Well, this is yeah. harassment. This is yeah. not bullying. This is harassment. Well, I, I actually, I call it social abuse now. Social abuse is even better yeah. than bullying. Because it's the menacing, right? It's not necessarily the actual making good on the threat. It's the the fact that they could they're they're physically aggressive just enough to get their point across. But it's it's the humiliation that stays with people and it's widespread and it's rewarded. It's rewarded because instead of making a judgment call 
and going, we are going to hold these specific individuals who behave badly accountable. It's all this, well, just ban it. Ban it. That's the solution to everything. Ban it, you know? Well, there was that, there's, I'm trying to remember now. I picked up a story and then I, I, I don't know where I clicked to it. There was a story about a, uh, a high school where the bully and the bullied both got suspended because of a zero tolerance policy. Yeah, that happened when that was just starting to happen when I was in school. You you never you didn't you stop fighting because you were going to get in trouble too. And it wouldn't stop it, so it wasn't worth it. Yeah, it's the I, I do not I have zero tolerance for most zero tolerance things. They because, don't work. Everybody well, knows they don't work. Zero tolerance exists to for the person who is in the uh, the authority position to cover their ass. So it sounds good. It's well, a if they use talking point, if they use judgment based on the particulars of the situation, then it can come back to bite them when someone says you weren't harsh enough, whatever. So if you just take your judgment out of it and just say, I'm just following this policy, yep. it yep. takes you're covering your ass yep. and you don't have to worry about it coming back to bite you because yep. you can always just refer to it. Look. This is just the policy. Zero tolerance is stupid because no, in most cases, uh, because very few circumstances are exactly the same. Yep. There's mitigating circumstances all the time. Yep. And that's not being a lefty or a libtard. It's just, this is just the reality. Not every uh, problem should have the same solution. Well, and I mean, the uh, zero tolerance ends up punishing the victim a lot of the time because eventually we know that somebody's picked on long enough they eventually lose you know they can't resist it anymore and they lash out and then they get in trouble and that's actually adding to the bullying that's not making it better that's perpetuating the cycle i do not understand it's just adults not wanting to get involved and when they do, they do it badly. And kids are watching. They know. They know adults do not make things better. In, in fact, a lot of times they make it worse when they get involved. And that is not the teenagers. That is the adults. That is people, I guess, walking around with their own sense of guilt about the awful things they did when they were younger. They knew it was wrong at the time. People know it's wrong, but they want to temporarily feel powerful. I remember now, what? I remember that what used to happen is if a parent came in to help a, the kid who was being bullied, the bully would lay off that kid and then just beat the hell out of the kid's friends and everybody else that much more. Yeah, well, it's, it's always some sort of payback eventually, right? It, it doesn't... They're, People are terrible at dealing with this problem. Period. End of story. I don't. And... Do you know uh, any of the bullies that you knew back in high school? Do you know if any of them prospered? Because I'm trying to think of any of the bullies. See, the bullies that I knew. Um, yeah, you know what? They they didn't wind up as losers. They didn't wind up as captains no, of don't. industry, no. but they didn't wind up as complete losers either. So Some the idea them... that that they're always going to be maladjusted. And uh, when they get out of school, find that that kind of behavior doesn't help. It That's not true either. No, it's not. I mean, bullying is about power. 
right? They bully because they can get away with it. These are people who know that push comes to shove. Their parents will come in and bail them out because their parents are also bullies. That's the thing. Kids who are bullies, look at their parents. They're probably bullies. They learn it from somewhere. So this whole thing, the schools just don't want to get involved. And I get it. Like even teachers who do want to get involved, they're not listened to. The school administrators just don't take this stuff seriously at all. It's it's gross. You know what? When when I this is how far back um, I was a teenager. Um, the biggest problem in malls that was related to teenagers back when I was a kid was and they hired security to supervise this was too many kids going to kernels and getting those free samples too many times. Oh, uh, when I was in school, it was um, like, okay, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, but the the guy who was behind the counter at the convenience store was pulling a knife on people because oh. of shoplifting. People were shoplifting like packs of gum and he was threatening them with a weapon. Oh, yeah. I, I, I grew up in not a rough neighborhood at all. And it was the same thing. Village milk. I remember village milk. The guy would uh, pull. And the thing is, the kids weren't even really shoplifting. He just no. didn't like he just didn't like that. There were there were too many kids there. And um, he so he would uh, re, he eventually restricted it like two kids per mm. per store at a time. But even then, if he didn't, thought you were there too long, He'd pull out a giant knife, like you know the crocodile Dundee. Dundee that's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah. yeah. He'd pull out one of those knives, and then you'd call the the kids would or their parents would call the cops, and the cops would show up, and they'd tell the guy you can't pull out a knife, and they would take the knife, and then it was like a cartoon. The guy would then reach under the counter when the cops would pull out the next knife, like it was just yeah. it yeah. was a constant thing, and so. Eventually, nobody thought they were going to get stabbed, and it was just kind of amusing. Right. Um, but right. uh, yeah, Village Milk, which is no, I just discovered the other day, I drove by there. Village Milk is no longer called Village Milk. Oh. Uh, a, a local institution in that neighborhood has has changed over. Oh. Also, Buck Sen isn't there anymore either. Okay. Buck Sen was not a dollar store. Oh. Buck Sen was a Chinese food uh, restaurant in the strip mall near the junior high, and they also hated teenagers. Uh, be, but you know, you go in, you'd order like a couple of chicken balls. It right. was the first Chinese food restaurant I'd ever seen that had on its menu a banquet burger. So, you just it sounds like the run on thing is they didn't like you guys because you were cheap. Uh, we were teenagers, where are we supposed to get money from? Well, I don't know, your parents. Where, where were they supposed to get the, the money to give us? We we had some means, but not enough to, to order an I mean, entire I, Chinese I don't know. buffet. On, on TV, it seems like everybody's independently wealthy. Like, that's the thing. Can they stop making shows about rich teenagers? Can they start making shows about regular people, please? Well, they did. That was the Degrassi series, wasn't it? I See, to me... Well, Degrassi was on when I was a teenager and those were rich kids from where I was at. Like Degrassi was so unrelatable to me. I, uh, I never watched it. 
I just, I rem- I watched maybe three episodes of Degrassi and it was like, I wish I had these problems. You know, like Beverly Hills 90210, you sort of knew it was dumb and not real. But Degrassi was supposed to be realistic and it just wasn't. Heresy. Heresy. What? Everyone, I mean, Degrassi is, is the real uh, look at, uh, you know, urban kids. I mean, I guess it was more real, but I don't know. Like, th- this is the problem. People, you know, people roll their eyes at some things when we talk about representation. And it just, it makes you feel like you don't have a chance when the things that are supposed to be more realistic don't remotely reflect your experience. Well, it was it was Canadian. So they didn't have the budget for kids to be dressing in designer clothes, all of them. And... The lighting wasn't great, so it was that was that was what made it more gritty. It was like uh, uh, Twenty One Jump Street, except that the lighting wasn't really good, and they were wearing sort of clothes from Byway. Um, Twenty One Jump Street had a gimmick, though, right? So you you could enjoy it for what it was, because wasn't he supposed to be like an undercover cop at a school or something? Yeah, because yeah. you know, because that's a great thing for the state to be doing, finding cops who look like teenagers and putting them in as teenagers. That's a great thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Liana, there was a time um, when you were a co-host of NRED's night party and guys would ask you for personal items through correspondence. You recall this? Yeah. Um, And in those days, People didn't do that kind of thing. You didn't. Well, they they did, but it wasn't as common. Well, um, this woman in England uh, was studying to for a medical degree. Uh, she wanted a, a high end medical degree, and to get through school to pay her expenses, she took out an OnlyFans account. She's an attractive, attractive woman, and when she took out the OnlyFans account, somebody contacted her and said, would you sell me a jar of your spit? And she said, well, how much? And the guy quoted, so uh, she sold it to him for, what was it, I think, 250 pounds? Mm-hmm. Um, and then more people were asking her for jars of spit, uh, for bed sheets she'd slept in for a week, um, uh, Q-tips. From her ears, um, various things of this nature. And she said, What the hell? And she started selling it and make so much, made so much money that she dropped out of medical school because she paid off her debts, she paid off her mother's debts, mm-hmm. she bought her sister a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming the horse had to be stabled somewhere, and that mm-hmm. costs money. Um, and and uh, she and she doesn't charge like there's no flat fee. She basically determines how much money the person requesting it has and then charges them based on how much money she thinks they can afford, how yeah, much right. they'll pay, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, the old uh, I've told you about the the coffee truck driver mm-hmm. who used to come up to the old cable station and he had no prices posted for sandwiches. He would look at the person's shoes. And mm-hmm. if the shoes, based on the, the, the quality 
uh, or age of the shoes, he would price the sandwiches. So if you had like a pair, you know, you, you know, worn running shoes, you got the lowest price. If you had a pair of nice, you know, shoes, uh, you got, this is before expensive sneakers. That's how far back this is. Uh, but if you were wearing like, you know, like loafers or something, you got charged more. Um, and that's what she does. And this is, this is the world that we're in. And it strikes me two things, okay? One, these are stupid men who are willing to believe, uh, who wish to believe that the spit and other things they're getting are actually this woman's. Because there is no, there is no guarantee of quality. She could be farming out to spit to neighborhood kids, um, like a sweatshop type situation. Um, she could be uh, selling sheets that someone else slept in, uh, you know, uh, uh, toenail clippings or whatever from somebody else's toes. There is no way, there's no quality control or better business bureau that is uh, saying, okay, this is a legit product. So it's, this is like a, a guys are willing to just maintain the fantasy. The other thing is how sad it is that there are so many men in society who are uh, so, for whatever reason, so uh, needy of some kind of female contact that they want uh, somebody's bed sheets or their used towels or a jar of spit. Okay. What are your thoughts on all this? Is this I, a good I, thing? Is this a bad thing? What is I, it? I think it's just a thing. I think that people are so... Uh, my overall impressions of humankind right now are that people are craving all the benefits of contact without recognizing that, you know, there's an element of risk at, you know, I speak as someone who was, like you said, on the other side of that equation. And trust me, the guys are not helpless victims in this. You know, if you do anything they don't like, you're a slut and they get menacing. And it it is, you are a commodity. And that was one of the reasons I, you know, people asked me, for that stuff, I think once as a joke, we sent somebody an outfit I used for a photo shoot. Oh, that but, was a uh, that was a contest. Yeah, yeah, That's I right. think we did that once. But it it can get kind of scary, and I know people think of it as oh, these guys are lonely losers and all that stuff, but it's not so. It's a business transaction. This is how people are comfortable interacting with other people. And I don't judge it. I just don't think that these guys should be looked down upon. It's what they want to do. It's what they like. It's their money. And I know that some people have really negative opinions of women who make money off of OnlyFans. But somebody in the UK, I do not blame them right now. I don't it's blame. Job. Right. It, it is exactly what they advertise it is. So what's the problem? It's more honest than a lot of stuff you'll get in life now. Wait, wait, wait. I, as I said, we do not know that this is an honest transaction. 
We do not know she's sending her actual spit. This is no, but you'd have to pay someone to give you their spit. So it's probably honest because it's just the cheapest way to do it. See, I have nothing, uh, I would say nothing but admiration, but I think more power to these women on OnlyFans because for uh, generations, uh, men took benefit from women's uh, uh, attractiveness and sexual power. And the women were, were you know, like, uh, low paid uh, oh, Come on, Ed. Come on, Ed. I still made a lot less than you did. Um, yeah. I, but... You know, it, it's still that way. Women still get paid less than men, and it's still seen as something shameful with a lot of people when you do this kind of work. And I would like that to change, but it's going in the other direction right now. Well, I think good for them. I mean, we we were on. And what, uh, I'll, I'll catch I'll catch nonsense just for even saying that you, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. People get so hostile about this stuff. And I am so sick of it at this point. Anybody, any way people can make ends meet that doesn't hurt somebody else. Go for it. Times are hard. I don't know why we're still so judgy about what people have to do to pay the bills. You see, this, as far as I'm concerned, is le <clears throat> more reputable than sea monkeys. Because Ugh. for decades, sea monkeys have been sold with the, uh, the depiction of sea monkeys as these uh, humanoid creatures. The, the woman wore pearls and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, the kid, I think, I had a baseball glove. Um, they they sold sea monkeys based on that, and anybody who's ever got a sea monkey knows they're like they're like water lice. They're not they're not. Aren't they brine shrimp? Yeah, they're 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 freeze dried shrimp that yeah. that come back to life. They don't look anything like the uh, cartoons, like the drawings on the backs of comic books. And yet, for years, this has been going on, and no one has stepped in. No government agency, nobody has stepped in and said you need to stop depicting sea monkeys as things that they are not well in there's fact, a little a little disclaimer on the picture now yeah yeah it says uh pictures are fanciful yeah this is what is fanciful yeah but you know that kind of fraud has been going on for years and no one steps in and says anything about it but people complain about only fans by the way i read a very interesting thing about sea monkeys okay apparently the guy behind sea monkeys um was a Jewish guy who, when he made a lot of money, started hanging out with neo-Nazis. Okay. And was funding neo-Nazi um, camps, uh, including the one that was the, 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 the granddaddy of them all, Aryan Nations. Great. Like, uh, so this is awesome. where your sea monkey money went. It was sea Nazis. Great. Yeah, very very strange story. I guess uh, Nazis, uh, you know, neo Nazis don't have problems with Jews if they're funding them. Well, that's right. I won't say something that will get me in trouble on radio because someone will take a snippet of it and not hear the whole context. Uh, well, and that is the world we live in. And Leanna, mm -hmm. you're a fan of The Little Mermaid, correct? I haven't seen the live action. 
But, but you I like mean, the that, you like the original. I mean, that was the big Disney revival back in the '90s, right? That was the first movie that brought it back from the brink of disaster. And it was uh, I didn't see it until many many years later because when it came out, I was in that sweet spot that um, or that valley that that didn't appeal to me. The age right. that I was at. But I saw it many years later, thought it was good. I mean, the music I thought was very, very catchy. And mm -hmm. it's the most recent Disney movie that they have. People have pointed out to say that it's live action is kind of yeah, not true. It's CGI. I, I admit I was all stoked to see it. And then I saw digital Sebastian the Crab and it terrified me. And it's <laughs> like, I don't want to spend two hours being scared so I'm, what's, I'm what's so scary about digital live action uh, Sebastian the crab you know how it, it's a realistic looking crab and so the face is terrifying like they tried to give it slightly more human eyes and it's like yikes and that freaked you out yeah and and I don't know just I Money's tight. I don't want to pay pay money to be frightened. Well, that's what people do for horror movies, but um... yeah, but like I am so much more. Um, I want to buy Tears of the Kingdom, the new Legend of Zelda game. But yeah, I mean, this is a long way of saying yes. I enjoyed the original Little Mermaid. Some some people see her as a, a neurodivergent role model because of the socialization and not quite reading cues i thought that was interesting well that's a bit of a read on it i guess but uh of course i'm talking of uh, you know, we're talking about this because the live action came out mm -hmm. and uh the uh mermaid is played by a talented performer named uh halle bailey yeah and uh, a hell of a singer yeah, uh, she's a great singer that's why i was pretty stoked when they casted her and it uh but of course she isn't white like the one in the cartoon she okay. is a she's a black woman and people are freaking out i'm uh, so sick of this fight can i just i'm so sick of talking about this because in the original story it's very clear ariel is blonde and nobody cared that they changed her hair color and now all of a sudden they've changed the change and people are freaking out. Well, people are the people who are upset about this are fine with changed hair color, but not skin color. And I've seen people trying to rationalize it and say a mermaid would have uh, would have lighter skin. Oh, that's because they're under woke. the water and farther away from the sun. I'm like, that's, are you really trying to rationalize to me a mythical like, creature? Orcas say you're wrong, right? Who does? The orcas. Yes, because they have black on them. Yeah, like just that is the dumbest justification for a racist knee jerk I have ever heard. I think it's, it's actually hilarious because it's so stupid. Oh, I'm so tired of all of this. If you don't like it, don't see it period end of story that's how it works let other people have the stuff they like well go back and watch the original if you want to um but yeah i mean people freaked out because uh magic the gathering i think put out 
a collectible card series for some Lord of the Rings anniversary and they made Aragorn black in it. And yes, it's not how he's described in the books. It's not. But they can't do the movie version. So I'm fine with an artist's interpretation. I don't care. The originals still exist. I don't jump on, you know, I don't like what they did with season three of The Mandalorian. So I'm checked out. I don't care. It's just television. There's so much to watch. Everybody settle the heck down. Well, the uh, interesting, the coverage that I saw Little Mermaid get, because I first saw projections of a huge opening. And then I saw a headline which said, uh, was it Fast and Furious continues to succeed? Uh, Little Mermaid flops. And I'm like, what? No, so I go and read the article. Little Mermaid did phenomenally well yeah, worldwide, yeah. but it didn't do well in China. And so the Little Mermaid Ooh. flops is talking about China. And it's so misleading. Like they're intending to make this movie seem like a flop, even when it's successful, so they can fuel the whole thing about go woke, go broke nonsense. Well, people, and- people will read that too, right? Uh, well, I did. Uh, IMDb has uh, changed its policies because of the review bombing. Oh, on- I'm so sick of review bombing. Yeah, they, they've finally responded to this, uh, this racist review bombing that's been going on. And, I mean, not all review bombing is racist. It's all stupid. And it's all review, based on review pettiness. Bombing, but... Review bombing is just dumb. I had, I had that happen to a YouTube video last week. And it was just so juvenile. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I understand. It's adults acting like they have no impulse control. For whatever reason, people just regress to this, you know, wounded child state. And I'm just so fed up with all of it. Well, when people it's say, you know, you're you're ruining my childhood. No, they're not retroactively going back in a time machine. You still had your childhood. Now you're an adult. You should be able to, to negotiate the fact that some products will be different than they were when you were a child. I understand being accustomed to seeing something a certain way. I understand that being a little bit, maybe even jarring to you initially, but get over it. It's like, I remember when uh, they did the new Knight Rider TV series in the early 2000s. And the uh, car was uh, not a Trans Am. And people were furious because the car wasn't a Trans Am. And it got got panned before it even came out because the car wasn't a Trans Am. Right. That I even actually see as being more more important than a character's skin color. Well, when they revived Magnum, they they made him Latino, but they kept the Ferrari. That's but not the mustache. Though. People were saying there's no mustache. I'm like, the mustache was in the 80s, which yeah, was still close to the was... 70s porn stash. People don't have the mustache these days. Yeah, well, some people do, but not him. I mean, that's fine. But it just I don't know. I mean, the reasons for getting remakes of everything, I don't like. But again, saying I don't like it doesn't mean I'm going to lose my mind. For people who don't know, it's because the the trademarks are expensive. And so they don't want to 
uh, have to take out new trademarks when they've got all these others just sitting there collecting dust. It's well, expensive, so they want to use it. There's also the argument that there is so much material out there right now, getting somebody's attention is like uh it's like being waldo on the beach but no one's looking for you it's very hard to draw some this is the argument very hard to draw people's attention to new products to new shows new characters and so if you if you go with something that has an established audience connection from the past you're more likely to get people to at least tune in to sample it whereas it's more difficult to get people to sample a new project I think that that's, yes, there's some rationale there, but you think of all the shows that are new in the last 20 years that have done exceptionally well, it's it that it's just not, it, it, it doesn't hold water as an excuse. I um, think that might have once been true. I don't think it's true anymore because it's everything. Interestingly, talking about uh, reboots and stuff, there's a new uh, Jackie Chan Rush Hour type movie coming out really it's jackie chan and john cena um i okay. watched it's not called rush hour it's called something else um the trailer is out there and the trailer is uh the movie looks so incredibly stupid that it looks amazing right it is so like an 80s movie. Yeah, well, that kind of stuff's coming back, that like, 80s sensibility. And I think because people just don't want to be sad. Well, you, I watched this trailer and I was so happy. I was so, yeah. I was so happy because it looks like a bit of a Mad Max type environment. And it's got the, the buddy uh, dynamic that those 80s movies had and early 90s movies Cena's had. great too. What's that? Cena's great. Oh, it's so, you know, I, I should really look up what this is called so people can check out the, uh, people can check out the trailer because it is, uh, it is so good. Hold on, let me type this in. Uh, Hidden Strike is what it's called. Okay. Uh, a loyal and dedicated Hong Kong inspector teams up with a reckless and loudmouth LAPD detective to rescue the Chinese consul's kidnapped daughter. Oh my God, that's such a pastiche. And it also involves um, a villain trying to take control of the world's oil supply or something stupid like that. Uh, so it's a deliberate 80s throwback. Yeah. It is, the, 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 the trailer, it is so good. It is so stupid. I'm looking for, an interesting thing, this is a completely a Hong Kong, China production. It's not an American production. Right. But it looks and, and sounds and feels to, you know, like a great 80s dumb action movie. So I'm yeah. very much looking forward to this. Yeah, I think people just want to be entertained now. They're not looking for anything earth shattering. I just want something. I mean, I wish I wish they could make more movies like everything ever were all at once where it was, you know, 70 percent just action movie. But it it had something to say. It had a point. Well, and it, there was a lot going on because it was everything everywhere all at once. It was there a were, great There movie. were so many great elements. Usually a movie that has that many elements sucks. This movie, it was a perfect balance 
of action, of uh, human story, human development story, human character development story, and absurdity. It yeah. just blended itself. It was like the whole time you're watching it, like you don't know what's going to happen next yeah. because it is so not uh, not following trope after trope after trope. That's why it won a lot of awards, which I'm glad about. Um, oh, yeah, I'm very happy that did as well as it did because movies like that tend not to be rewarded. All right. Uh, Liana, It's Not Therapy continues to uh, help people um, deal with their ongoing issues. I have to I say. Don't, I don't like saying I help people. Oh, what do you say? I, I just, I work with people. Help, help is a mind trap to me. I know this sounds really nitpicky, but. No, I'm interested in this. Why? People have to do the work. I think that the, the stories I have heard from people who have had bad experiences in, in the system, every person that was, you know, the creator of that bad experience was helping them. And when you treat somebody like they need help, that's when people start trying to force a solution that isn't right for a person. So it's just, I, I inform and, you know, I try to do interviews that are interest to people. I put it out there, but it's not helping people. That is the wrong mindset. That is one of the problems with the system because the whole idea of, well, you need help. So you sit and you be obedient and you do what you're told or else we're not going to help you anymore. And it, it's it just the system re-traumatizes so many people because of that attitude. So you, what would you say you that you... uh uh, provide some um, methods. Uh, uh, you offer some methods of thinking or different w- ways to to look at a situation. Uh, that kind of thing. Like you offer avenues that people can take. Yeah, like I want to provide a starting point. This is what worked for me, or this is some data I find compelling. And if it works for people, great. If it if it doesn't, there's a lot of different ways to get to the same place everybody has different metaphors for the same basic core concepts if it works and it's not hurting anybody do it don't don't listen to people who insist it's wrong or bad or people just gotta get through their day-to-day right now times are really tough all right um i know that i uh learned something from every single episode. It's rare that I learn only one thing from an episode. It's more common I learn two or three. Um, and, you know, and I know everything. So for me to know, uh, to, to learn other things, that's something. So uh, it's valuable and it's fun. Uh, there's always things you do that I don't see coming. Um, that uh, it, it takes a subject, it makes me laugh for a moment. And it uh, it changes the character of, what's happening and it just makes it more relatable anyway it's not therapy is available on all pod- podcast platforms and the sirius xm app and if you're looking for me uh you can check me out uh monday uh, sorry wednesday through sunday which is technically for me tuesday through saturday at midnight on uh 949 uh, the rock FM for the all night show. Also the rock dot FM. If you want to listen online. So that's where you'll find me. I do the show from midnight till 5am, five days a week. 
And uh, that's it. So, uh, Liana, it's our time to say goodbye. And now I turn the show over to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.